It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome into a season finale edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa joined, as always, by my pal Bart Scott. Bart, we've made it to the end of the road, the last dance, my friend. How's it going? It's going good, man. It's going well. I'm excited about the offseason and, and the schedule and the football calendar and all that good stuff. I know we got to get through the playoffs first, but I'm excited to see what the Jets are going and where they're going and how they're going to get there. No doubt about it, because as you said, the offseason begins today, right? Essentially, because now it's going to be about looking ahead to 2022, even though we're in 2022, but yeah. the 2022 football season and how this team can improve Upon winning just four games like they did here in this past campaign, they fall to the Buffalo Bills yesterday to wrap up the season 27-10. to 10. Not a whole lot you get into as far as the game is concerned. We know that Buffalo was playing for a division championship. The Jets yep. went up there shorthanded. But I give them credit. You know, for everybody that suited up yesterday and took that field, coaching staff getting the guys ready, I mean, as undermanned as they were, they found themselves down only 13-10 to 10 going into the final quarter of the game. Well, you talk about the defense, they hung in tough. Now, I know the end result wasn't what they want when you look at it from a yardage standpoint, but the fact that that defense kept them in, the offense just couldn't get going, but you understood that it was a law of diminishing returns as you look at, you know, the receiving core was depleted. You know, you look at Keelan Cole, he didn't return into the game in the second half. I don't know if he, you know, had an injury or something like that, but it was just, it was just tough sledding against the number one defense in the league and tough elements. And, um, you know, the Jets hung tough and, you know, special teams and the special team mishaps of the Buffalo Bills, you know, kind of kept them in the game. No doubt about it. But Keelan Cole, as you mentioned, had that nice 40-yard catch and run for a touchdown from Zach Wilson there to get the Jets their only score. But going into the game, as you said, you know, Buffalo, the number one pass defense in the National Football League, number one defense in the National Football League. You know, if the Jets weren't going to be able to run the ball successfully, that was really putting a burden on Zach Wilson in that passing game. And given the fact that they were so depleted when it came to his weapons at wide receiver going into the game, they really couldn't get any sledding on the ground, and that just made it too tall a test to overcome. Yeah, you talk about the week before. I think the Buffalo, when they scouted the Jets and where they were and where Zach Wilson was in his, you know, uh, progression, they said, you know what? You know, last week they didn't really put a lot of pressure on him. He was able to eat them up through the air. You know, they almost knocked off the defending Super Bowl champs. And the Buffalo football team said, you know what? We're not going to allow him to sit back there and be comfortable. And so you look at what they were able to do. They did something that they normally do, do, don't do, and they blitzed their secondary. They're yeah. aggressive, and they added outside blitzes, inside blitzes to kind of understand that, okay, listen, we're going to put pressure on you because we know that we can match up. We feel comfortable with our matchups on the outside, and we're going to speed up your process. You know, Zach is going to have to learn that, you know, sometimes you just got to throw the ball away when you start to turn your back to the, to the defense and try and spin out of there. You know, that's good to elude maybe the, the pass rushes, but you lose sight of where your receivers are. And when you snap your head around, you have to kind of get recalibrated. And that's something he's going to have to work on, how he's going to escape. Stepping up in the pocket and keep your eyes downfield is usually my preferred way of escaping a, a tough situation. You know, step up, step out, two hands on the ball. So you still have an opportunity to kind of get vertical and run. You know, that's just something that he's going to have to self-scout and see how he can be better in those type of situations. Yeah, he was running for his life yesterday at times, right? Because as you said, the Bills were sending guys from all over the place. I mean, I think he was sacked eight times in the football game yesterday. Uh, don't cheat him. Don't cheat him. He earned every one of those nine. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. That's true. Well, I think, didn't they give one, one technically was one the Crowder play? Like Crowder was technically uh, 
awarded a sack or something like that. At least that's what I saw in the box score. But there were, look, it was too many. Tomato, right? <laughs> exactly. Too many to lose or, or to keep track of there, unfortunately, if you're the Jets there in that offense. But look, the season now is in the rear view. You begin to look ahead to next season. From a player standpoint, okay, you've been down this road before. Season comes to an end after a difficult season like this. How long do you usually allow yourself to kind of just hit the reset button, clear your mind from football before you already start to begin of, all right, what work do I have to do in the offseason? Well, it depends on where you're at in your process, right? Do you have a, a routine? Do you have a schedule? You know, do you, do, if, you know, if you didn't really play a lot and your body feels pretty healthy, then you can start, you know, walking, start playing basketball, just start, you know, kind of trying to be active. Because what happens is the worst thing you can do is just stop. Because when you stop, then all the scar tissue and every hit that you got start to settle. You want to kind of be able to flush that scar tissue out, still go to the masseuse, still go to the to the, to the chiropractor to get all that stuff out. And then you want to get back to work. If you're an older guy, you know, and you got some things you need to get cleaned up, some things that was nagging you, this may be a good time to, to go get surgery. Um, you feel more comfortable going to get that surgery if, you know, you are, you know, in the first or second year of your contract because you know you're going to have the time to recover. If you're a free agent, you know, you may just suck it up and say, hey, well, I may have to get surgery in a year or two, you know, some stuff that really bothers me. My, my shoulder kind of, you know, hurts me, but I can get through it. And then you got to go back to work. You got to go through the lab. And, you know, today guys going to have the exit meetings and they're going to sit down. They're going to talk to their coaches and they're going to get access, assessed. They're going to get their scouting report from their coaching, their coaches. Hey, what they did good, what they did you know, bad, what they have to work on, where the improvements are needed, you know, where they stand kind of with this organization. You know, you know, the Jets don't have a lot of guys that are pending free agents, but guys like Jameson Crowder, you know, Marcus May, you know, it's going to, you know, still recovering, you know, Joyner. You're going to have to have some tough conversations. You know, Jared Davis, you know, all those things are, are part of the process. And the coaches are going to set up their schedules accordingly and kind of see if, you know, if it's an opportunity. And then, you know, what happens is you start going through the process. You look at the calendar, right? Am I going to be back? Um, you know, um, what things do I need to, you know, work on? And you're going to be in close contact with your agent, and your agent's going to be in close contact with the team. Where do we go next? You know, when you're playing in the game, you're all in. It's all about the team. When the season's over, it's all about self, right? You become individuals again, right? So you have to make sure, how do I get better? Because if I get better, we get better. Right. No doubt about that here. And you talk about getting better, right? When you look at the beginning of the season and then where we got to right now at the end point, the Jets had one of the youngest rosters in all the National Football League. There were a lot of young players that got opportunity to play some meaningful snaps this year because of the youth and the inexperience on this roster. So if you look at this rookie class, and a lot of these guys got to play a heck of a lot this year, you did see that growth from week one to now where we are after week 18. And a lot of these guys you would think would benefit from that experience. So when we hit the ground running here in 2022 – there should be no looking back for them. And it's guys that you should think will factor in heavily into what this team is going to do moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you think about Echoes. I don't know if he remains a starting corner or what the you know story is there, but he's a guy that competes. Bright Hall, Bryce Hall is definitely going to be, you know, your starter. So it's good that he got a good, you know, six, uh, eight, 17 games of experience. Sure. Knowing that, you know, he had a shortened season in his rookie year. I think you feel comfortable who he is as a player. I think you feel comfortable. Hey, Michael Carter is a hell of a slot. Right. So I feel like I'm, I'm good at, at one corner. I'm good at one slot. And then now you got to figure out, OK, as a, as a team, where do we make the improvements? You know, where where's our big board? You know, before you know it, it'd be senior bowl, you know, the national championships tonight. You know, you're going to look at some prospects and then you're going to go through your process. You know, it'd be interesting to see 
you know, with if certain if certain coaches get fired, and you start to see guys starting to get fired now, if one of those teams are like the Jaguars or or like the Houston Texans, you know, you know, would the Jets coaching staff be able to be the the coaching staff that coached the senior, At the senior bowl? bowl? Yeah, because you talk about you know when Sala was a member of the San Francisco 49ers. You know, he was there at the senior bowl. That's how they discovered Debo Samuels, right? Who was a guy that nobody kind of knew about, who was a good guy, didn't really know how good he was going to be. They picked him and you see what he's doing through the league. So I think it'd be great if the Jets can get pushed up if some other teams ball out of the senior bowl or some coaches are removed and and you know they have their coaching staff in place if they can coach the senior bowl because that's really where you get those hidden gems. That's when you pretty much can put guys through your system, put them in your system and see how it translates. And then you can see a guy that may be rated higher on somebody else's board, but this guy fits your system and you see what he is and what type of person he is, what he's all about. So, I mean, you talk about that football schedule, man. Football never stops. It may not be on TV, might not be playing games, but it is a 365-day job. And it's time to get to the other part, the part where champions are built in the offseason. No doubt about it. That's when all the work is done here. And, and, you know, to your point, it's a good one about it's easy to go out there and identify the blue chip talent on some of these superpowers in America. Right. I mean, you can put on the TV, watch Alabama, Georgia tonight or whatever. Okay, you're going to see future pros because they jump off the screen. But, you know, it's those hidden gems, guys that maybe were under recruited a little bit, didn't end up at the big schools. But that's what Mobile, Alabama, that's what the senior bowl is for. You know, a lot of these individual workouts, the combines, another one where, you know, there's still a heck of a lot of good football players that are going to get an opportunity to open some eyes here. And look, when you look at the Jets, and the upcoming draft, and I know that we're still a few months away, and there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then. Oh, but, but we you are got deep four, in it. Yeah, you got four picks in the top 38, okay, because of all the maneuvering that Joe Douglas did, the trade with Carolina involving Darnold, the trade with Seattle involving Jamal Adams. Jets are going to be picking fourth, 10th, 35th, and 38. If I said to you, Bart, hey, we got four of the top 38 picks, you're probably telling me, hey, we better get at least four starters from that lot because that's some big time talent that you're going to bring into this program. Four starters and four super and four like four like starters and, and two of those guys got to be straight ballers. Impactful. Right? Like, yep. I won't impact. You know, I don't care if it's the two first guys or if it's the two the second guys. But when you talk about 35 and 38, that's pretty much four first round draft picks because yep. you have the ability. You have the ability to add you know, a third round pick to move up a couple spots to get back in the first round if that guy is there. We saw them be aggressive last year and move up to get Vera Tucker because they identified that was their guy. You know, who's there? Is that is that a pass rusher? You know, or is that, you know, it's going to be some great talent in the second round. Some of the best players in the NFL were guys who fell from, from the first round to the second round and they come to the league pissed off. Yep. And, and, and I'm excited to see – I'm more excited to see what they do with the second round picks. I mean, you look at you look at Michael Carter, right? What he's he's one of the most pivotal players we have. He was a second day guy, right? So I'm excited, man. And let's see if Joe, if Joe can do what he did last year, if not better. You talk about having ten starters as rookies last, last you know, for the Jets. Sure. If you're able to get four more starters and be able to strengthen through free agency, it's going to be potent. No doubt about it. And you think about it, right? I mean, the draft is going to be the foundation for your football team. That's how it is. Every successful team, the foundation is through the draft. So if you have a class from 2021, which got all this experience, which showed you that, you know what, you got a lot of keepers in this class, and then you piggyback that with 
another strong class in 2022, as you said, led by these four guys who were probably going to be ahead of the lot a little bit. That's how you accelerate that curve to turning things around. And then all of a sudden, you're talking about possibly playing football into the month of January, which is the goal, I think, for everybody involved in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, being able to build it and build a foundation because, you know, I was part of a team that was built through free agency and it's not sustainable. It's good for like three to four years or two to three years. But then what happens is you have to start saying goodbye to some good players and right. you're always at the top of the draft, you know, and you, you, your salary cap is so high. So, you know, the right way, and this is the first time I feel, in my opinion, that the Jets did a complete rebuild. Straight rebuild. We're going to start off young. We're going to take our bumps. We're not going to try and and, 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 and go get a Le'Veon Bell, go get a Kalichi Assimile. We're going to go, you know, try and talk Matt Khalil out of, out of retirement. What we're going to do is we're going to sit back. We're mm-hmm. going to go through the process. We're going to take the pain, but we're going to grow from it. And what we're going to have is we're going to have an experienced, grizzled team. Tale of two halves to Zach Wilson's rookie season. I think it's fair to say. You know, we saw the guy before the knee injury, and then once he returned for the last month of the season. And I think you saw a little bit of a different quarterback. Is he a finished product? Absolutely not. There's still a lot of work to be done there. But you saw that there was some growing and some experience that was gained, I think, all throughout these 18 weeks of the season. Let's hear from the Jet quarterback. After yesterday's game, he caught up with our own Bob Wischusen. Zach, I'm sure disappointed to end the season the way that you did. But you know what? Can we start with something I haven't been able to ask you about this season? And you're a leader on this team. You're the quarterback. How about the play of your defense? And I would think you'd probably want to talk a little bit about how those guys performed today. They kept you in the game for a long time today. Second half of the season, so many young guys playing as well on the defensive side of the ball. But tell me about your thoughts about that group. Yeah, a ton of guys stepping up, man. Those guys were fighting all day. Um, Man, I can't. I can't tell them, uh, you know, good job enough. You know, I thought they did an amazing job of just, you know, they were fighting. You know, we weren't we weren't doing anything to help them out on offense. Um, the defense was just clawing. They were doing everything they could, and and they really did a good job. That's a really good explosive offense right there, and especially the young guys stepping up, um, guys maybe that haven't played, you know, all around on defense. Those guys are doing an amazing job. So, um, you know, credit to those guys. There's some good stuff over there. We just gotta we gotta get some things going on offense. How about the battle, though, for your offense today? What do you think you'll take out of this game? I'm sure statistically there's not much to point towards, but, uh, you know, this is really – with all the injuries you guys are having to fight through, that had to be a tough tough sledding all day long. Yeah, it was a rough day. I mean, uh, I would say as an offense, it just had to be one of those things, you know, just keep fighting, keep going. Uh, I didn't see quit from one person. You know, all the way up until the very end, guys were giving it their all, uh, and that's all you can ask for in that situation. Uh, as tough as it is and, and, and the emotions going up and down, you know, you just got to look at the guy next to you and just say, you know, let's handle our job and, and let's keep going. You know, we got we to handle this thing. And final question, just on your development, now that the entire season is behind you, uh, you haven't thrown an interception since early December. Uh, more efficient. You look more comfortable. You look more in command. I mean, do you think you are going to take what's happened these last couple of months of this season into the offseason? as a major stepping stone forward, what, what are your big takeaways? Yeah, I got to find the positives in it all. You know, I felt like just uh, how comfortable I've been, my understanding of the offense, and and then the guys just working around me, you know, the connection I've had with guys around me, and uh, the O-line figuring it out up front. Those guys did an awesome job, um, you know, as the year just kept going on. And so, um, you know, we're just going to try and take this thing running into the offseason and, 
and find the positives, especially from a game like this where, you know, it was a tough situation for everybody. And uh, we just need to keep learning from this and just keep getting better. Well, thanks so much. Been so gracious with your time all season long. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. All right, thanks a lot to Bob and Zach for catching up there. And I'll ask you, I mean, you're going to see a guy now coming into year number two, had a lot of starts under his belt. Obviously, he's going to probably have a little bit of a deeper talent pool to work with around him when he shows up here for year number two. What's the next step you want to see in his development? Well, the first thing he has to do is control what he can control, and that's improving and watching film and, and getting better and understanding, you know, defenses and how players, how teams played them. But secondly, you know, when, when I watch him interviewing and, and talking, I see a very slight young man. I see a young man that got sacked eight, nine times. I mean, yeah. really, I don't know what the exact number is. But I see a guy that's going to have to mature as a man. And that, that, that requires maturing mentally and physically as well. He's going to have to put some work in. He's going to have to come back, you know, seven to ten pounds heavier, you know, and be able to be not, not bad weight, not creatine weight. I'm talking about putting in the work. A lot of times quarterbacks think that they don't have to, you know, lift weights, but he's going to be able to have to kick out of some tackles. He's going to have to be able to endure the rigors of an NFL season because guess what? This year is the freshest he will ever be in his life. Right. You know, it's going to be something like, you know, you don't get back. It's no such thing as getting back to 100%. That's not a real thing. You get to 98% maybe, and next year, year five, you may can only get to 94%. That's what it is. That's what happens in this league. What happens is, is your ability to recover slows down. Not your ability to play, your ability to recover and be able to bounce back from, you know, tough seasons, tough roads, uh, you know, tough. So he's going to have to put the work in to get physically stronger and put on some, some, some size to become more, you know, you saw that with Drew Brees, right? And you saw Drew Brees get stronger, right? You see, you know, guys get bigger, stronger, faster. You know, or you see guys that are big that have to get in better shape. And so he's going to have to put in the work and actually pick up that thing that looks like a barbell in the weight room and start pounding it against his chest. No doubt about it. And look, that's part of the maturation process, right? For anybody, I mean, he's 22 years old. We were all there at one time or another, and it's how you get better. It's how you mature. And as you said, it's how you build some of those muscles on that body because, hey, this is the NFL. It's a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And unfortunately, you know, for everybody involved, that stuff is going to happen here. Stick around. We've got a lot more here on this season finale edition of Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Grasso with you. And it's time now for our player guest segment. It's brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And we're joined now by number 57, Jets team MVP, linebacker CJ Mosley, who joins us here on the season ending edition of Inside the Jets. CJ, thanks for joining us, my friend, as always. How do you feel about how this season all went down for you? Um, well, obviously, the, the record isn't what we wanted. But, you know, you look at you know how we started as a team and um, how we finished as a team. And I can honestly say I felt like we've we've grown a lot. Uh, we've matured a lot. And, you know, our chemistry you know, ha has shown in, in recent games. So um, I feel like the foundation that we have set you know, is, is a stepping stone for us, you know, and, and the sky's the limit for, for our organization. In regards to the game yesterday in Buffalo, you know, you guys went up there, you battled hard. I mean, it was a three-point game going into the fourth quarter. It was a tough day for the offense. So you as a defense, you were asked to do a lot of things. Is there something you draw from a game like yesterday, even though you were undermanned, the fact that you battled as hard as you did? Yeah, um, you can you can look at the at the game. You can look at the tape. And, um, you know, you wish you can get a play or two back or, you know, wish you can make, a, make that one play. 
And, you know, those type of games, all you need is, is one big play or, you know, one turnover to turn things around. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we just couldn't, couldn't get that. But, you know, you, you appreciate that the moment and you appreciate that environment because, you know, those are the type of games, you know, when you, when you need to win to, to get in or those type of games you need to, you know, steal a victory. And at the end of the day, honestly, those are the type of games you want to have at home, you know, playing for, the, for a number one spot, playing for a playoff spot. Um, and, you know, December, January football weather. So, you know, that's that's what it's all about. You know, you're a veteran of this league and you've been around a while and you've had your adversity. You've had your struggles throughout your career here in a season like this, where maybe things collectively didn't go the way that you wanted them to for the team. Are there some lessons that you can draw from them that are going to better yourself and the football team as you move forward? Uh, yes. You know, when you know, when you when you're struggling or, you know, you you suffer defeat. Uh, especially on the defensive side, you know, you always look at yourself first. Um, you know, what what could I have done better? You know, uh, what angle could I have taken on a on a misplay or a missed op? Excuse me. You know, uh, just those those type of things. You know, every time that happens, not that you look at yourself first. So you know, just just backing off, going off this game. Uh, you know, it was a lot of stuff that we did really good in this game and as a unit. Um, and there's some things that we obviously can still work on. So, you know, when you get to the offseason, obviously the first thing is to get your body right and get your rest. But um, next is uh, to really, you know, go inside, you know, your your scheme and your defense, you know, ways you can get better and uh, the one less step you can take or, you know, one one more yard you can get in your drops and or just fit, understanding, you know, the way we the way we fit our runs and, you know, things of that nature. So it's always, you know, little pieces you try to add to your game. You talk about the offseason, right, and getting your body right, getting your rest, as you alluded to. How about you? What's your routine? Like, how long do you give it before you ramp up again, starting activities and getting ready again for another grueling season, which will probably be here before you know it, as it always is? Yeah. Um, you know, it all it all varies based on the season. You know, um, you can you, you leave out with different injuries or, um, you know, some guys might have surgery, things of that nature. Um, but, you know, luckily and blessed for me, I've, no, I've had a pretty, a pretty um, good, a pretty healthy season this year. Uh, minor bumps and bruises from the game, so you know, just use a few weeks off before you start to ease back into it. Uh, you know, obviously, the most important thing is uh, to make sure you keep a keep a good diet because you know that's that's definitely part of keep staying healthy. C.J. Mosley joining us here on Inside the Jets, presented by UI, building a better working world. You had yourself a really successful season on an individual basis, uh, and we didn't see much of you over the last couple of years. You opted out last season, of course. You were battling injuries the year before. Were you, did you do some things this year that maybe took yourself by surprise, pleasantly surprised at how well you were able to go out there and perform week in and week out? Um, you know, I just I feel like I just stayed uh, within myself in this in this new scheme. Um, just understanding, you know, the things that were asked for me as a linebacker, um, that things that that I really didn't do prior in, diff in you know, different defenses. Um, it's been a, a been a learning experience, and it's been a very fun experience. Um, you know, been with Coach Rudy, Coach Albert, um, and you know, and our and our defensive style. Um, it's been it's been fun to really you know take my take my game to the next level. You know, I feel like this has been um, you know the most fun I've had in the season. You know, far as just on the field. And off the field, you know, being a leader, um, taking those next steps, and you know, to being a captain and things like that. So it's a it's a lot of things that I that I look back on that I'm that I'm really honored and blessed to to be a part of this team and uh, be a be a part of this team with my brother. So it's it's definitely been a, a fun a fun year for me, and um, uh, I'm definitely ready you know to continue this process you know with with our guys. Did you ever have a group that was this young that you were playing with this season with this football team and this roster? 
Uh, yeah, my rookie year when I was a young one. So it's, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a, a real young group. But you know, you know when you when you have when you have that young core group that's you know that that played these type of games that have these type of seasons, you know that experience these things together. You know all that all that builds up. You know all that is all all, all those things are you know, learning situation, learning courage for us to grow. Um, and, and with the coaches as well, you know, the first year coaches and coaches haven't been together. Um, I know it's some that, you know, that's been together at different teams or are similar with each other because of the type of skins that they have. But you think uh, their chemistry, you know, matters too. You know, that matters for us, but it matters for them so they can know, you know, um, you know what, what to call the situation to understand, you know, what, what type of scheme we want to do. So you, know, you think about all the things that we had this year, the successes, the success and the, uh, and the losses that we had. And we can build off build off that we you know with our with our core group because um, when you when you have that chemistry and you can build that foundation and you can build that trust with each other uh, that that would that's what gets you to the next level of success. Well, CJ's performance this year, both on the field and off the field, certainly was acknowledged by his teammates, and we'll get into that when we return here on Inside the Jets. More with CJ Mosley, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Grasa joined by Jets linebacker C.J. Mosley. And we're also presented by Selective Insurance, Be Uniquely Insured. You were voted the team MVP by your teammates, the Curtis Martin MVP Award. And certainly I think it goes above and beyond just what you bring to the field, which we know is significant. But I think it also carries some weight by the way you conduct yourself off the field in that locker room, serving as a veteran leader for a lot of the guys on this team you know, you've had a lot of accolades in your football career, but when you're given an award like this by those guys that you go to battle with day in and day out, how extra special is that for you, CJ? Uh, it's very special. And like you said, just uh, had that award, uh, you know, presented by me, presented to, to me from you know, my, my teammates and my brothers in arms. You know, it means a lot. You know, every time that I that I got up and spoke to the defense or to the team, you know, I always said it's a, it's a very humbling, a humbling and vulnerable um, experience just to you know to talk in front of your peers and, and talk and talk to a bunch of um, grown men because um, it's a it's a like I said it's a very it's a very fun experience and and I don't take it for granted you know every time that that I'm up there talking you know, every time I step in the building every time I'm on the field you know, I, I never take it for granted that um you know that this could be my last game and that I want to get everything I got for myself my family and my brother so that's and that's most importantly. Did you find yourself or did you feel that you found yourself maybe being a little bit more of a vocal leader than maybe you've been in the past in your career? Uh, yes, 100 percent. And, you know, that just that comes with with the growth, you know, within yourself, uh, belief in yourself. And, you know, also just being in, in a different situation. You know, I was at when I was in Baltimore and um, even but and even you know, my first year here, you know, it's a lot of a lot of guys that you know that like to talk or was the main ones talking. And, you know, now I'm one of you know, I'm one of the guys that, you know, that people look up to uh, look for advice or or when things, you know, adversity happens that people haven't been around that I've seen. You know, I can you know, I can step in and say certain things. And uh, honestly, it's my first year, you know, um, you know, calling up the huddle before every game. So that was that was definitely fun for me because um, you because that made me I would say that made me really think about, you know, what what do I need to do? You know to get to get our guys going like what what can i say how can i help um every sunday you know every day we out there practice how what can i do to make everybody better and in terms make myself better so when i'm trying to you know hype my guys up or 
or get or you know get everybody going in terms you know that that gets me in the right mindset you know that puts me in the right place because now i want to perform at a high level for them it's infectious certainly you know we saw that video that you posted uh on social there when you got the team mvp award you were at home in a nice little tiffany box and yeah. <laughs> a nice little crystal thing do, do you have a place for it already Where, where's the award going in the home um, I don't have a place for it yet, but it's it's gonna find somewhere. It's um it's just sitting on the counter right now, so it's nice. Just it's, it's sitting right next to the box too, so it's just a nice little combo to walk into. So something to, something to make you smile every time you walk in the house. No doubt about it, and it's well deserved, certainly too. You know, when you came into the league, you mentioned your days in Baltimore. That was an established program. That was a winning program already in Baltimore that you were drafted into. <laughs> Now the situation with this football team is something that they're hoping to build that into. You're now one of the veteran pieces of that. What experiences from your Baltimore days where you guys were a perennial playoff team can you see possibly carrying over here to the Jets where you start to see that foundation now starting to grow and build into one day soon also being a part of the postseason? Yeah, um, I see a lot of similarities from when I came into the league and to you know, the group that we have now. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of young guys, you know, first, second year guys, a few third and third, three and four years that that were really valuable to the team. Um, you think about special teams and you know, the core guys that really that really played on all phases. And, um, and you look at, you know, our squad that we have now, you know, um, you think about Elijah, you think about MC, MC2, uh, Pinnock, um, Eccles, you know, all those guys, they really, they really grown a lot this year. Um, and, you know, the way that the way that those teams become successful, you know, it's the young core guys sticking together, you know, going through these type of seasons, going through these type of adversities and learning from them. And in turns when it when it comes up again with the years of experience, uh, with the time put in, with the study habits, you know, with learning the defense and, you know, learning what you need to do to be successful, you know, that's when you really start to see teams take off. And you know, I feel like that's that's exactly where we're heading right now. And I feel like we're in the right spot to do that. You know, last week when you were meeting with the media, you said that one of the things that you want to accomplish during the offseason is you want to be that recruiter type, you know, for other free agents around the National Football League and trying to sell them on the Jets. And it kind of struck me because, you know, the message that you're going to try to impart on others is that we're building something pretty special here. And that if you want to be part of the solution, if you want to be part of the turnaround, this is the place for you. Is that indeed what you want to convey to all those players in the NFL that, hey, the Jets are not that far away? Um, it is. And, you know, it's it's easy to, you know, to to turn your head away from it when you when you don't see it, uh, especially when you can't put your hands on it. But, you know, the the people that that can see the invisible are the are the are the most powerful people, you know, um, their belief and their faith is so high that they don't need to see it. And um, and obviously I've been here um, for, for three years now. And obviously the most I've been here in the building this year, um, I, I see it every day. Um, I know our record didn't show it. I know the season didn't show it, but you no, know, that's the way guys came to work. The way guys, you know, stayed after it, um, not not splitting up. Um, it could have been a, it could have been a, so many things that could have, you know, could have made this season um, even worse than what it is. But you know, everybody, you know, manned up. Everybody came to work and and really tried to put their best foot forward every day, no matter how sore, how tired they were. And even going into this last game, you know, guys were still fighting and you know and try to play with honor. So uh, that's all you can ask um, from your from your brothers. And that's all you can ask for, um, you know, as a just as a player. So I feel like I feel if 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 whoever comes here, you know, comes with that right mindset, and you know, they come, you know, thinking that they're going to be the reason, you know, we can we can win and we can, you know, be in, be in these close games and pull out victories. Then you know, this this is the perfect place for you. 
Before I let you go, CJ, you know, there's a pretty important football game on Monday night. I guess I don't have to ask you who you think is going to win the football game between Alabama and Georgia. Roll tie, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. But CJ, all seriousness, no, thanks again for all the help that you gave us all season long. And congratulations on a great season and have a safe and healthy offseason. We look forward to doing it again with you again for 2022, my friend. But thanks as always. Thank you. All right, that's C.J. Mosley. We got more of Inside the Jets coming up right here, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott, and we're brought to you by EY, Building a Better Working World. And don't forget the DraftKings Sportsbook is officially live in New York State with mobile sports betting. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code GREEN and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. That's promo code GREEN only at DraftKings Sportsbook now live in New York. Bart, earlier in the show, we heard from Zach Wilson. Let's hear from another member of that Jet rookie class, fellow first-round pick. It's Elijah Vera Tucker, who's standing by with our team reporter, Ethan Greenberg. Now joined by Jets offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah, your rookie season in the books. This game obviously didn't go the way that you wanted it to. What was the communication mm-hmm. like up front with all of the Bills fans really roaring at a high level mm-hmm. today? Yeah, it was a definitely a, a great atmosphere to play in. Um, you know, shout out to the Bills fans. You know, they come they come ready. Um, but you know, I feel like communication for how loud it was, you know, was good. Um, you know, Feeney Dan Feeney was being loud at center, you know, guards were echoing calls to the tackles. Uh, but overall, you know, I feel like communication was good. Elijah, what was the difference in the ground game the past two weeks? To today where you didn't really get a lot of uh, ground mustard today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was just, you know, credit to their defense, uh, you know, a whole lot of movements at the safety level, you know, safety coming down from one side, rotating, um, and, you know, just being able to, you know, um, make one guy free. And then, you know, that one guy, you know, who was free was just making plays, um, you know, just one guy too many. So, you know, shout out to their defense. Elijah, something that Robert Sala said earlier this week was, talking about how because the Jets are such a young team, he wanted all the players to feel the type of urgency that the Bills were to play with Sunday. What did you see and what do you think that you'll learn from playing a game like this where the Bills have the division on the line and they have to win it to claim the title? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a learning experience, you know, just to see, uh, you know, the game from their their point of view. Um, And, you know, like I said, too, you know, it was a good experience, you know, for the young guys to come in here, you know, experience what uh, the Buffalo fans like, you know, that's what it's going to be like every year. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're, we're excited to, you know, come back next year and uh, ball out. Lastly here, Elijah, can you just talk about uh, from a wide angle lens here, a little bit about your growth throughout the year and what you've seen from mm-hmm. the offensive rookies in particular and Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. Michael Carter, and just throughout the entire year, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, from game one uh, to, you know, game 17, you know, I think every every uh, rookie on the opposite side of the ball, you know, definitely improved a whole lot. You know, you saw Zach uh, towards the end of the year making good plays, you know, uh, making good reads. And then, you know, Michael Carter, um, you know, hitting the holes, breaking tackles. You know, it's always, uh, you know, a good thing for a running back. You know, offensive line loves that too. You know, when a running back could break, you know, one or two tackles every play. Um, and then, you know, obviously Elijah Moore, you know, uh, unfortunately wasn't healthy towards the end of the season. But, you know, from the games he was in there, you saw what he could do. And then, you know, I think that just, uh, you know, translates to, to next season, you know, how excited we all are for the future. And then also, you know, for this whole team, you know, yeah, we're a young team, but, you know, 
I could say this, we're all going to go back, um, you know, to this offseason, you know, grind our tails off, you know, because we know what this, you know, this team is capable of and we're excited about it. Awesome. Elijah, appreciate the time. Thank you. Congratulations on your rookie year. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot to Elijah and thanks a lot to uh, Ethan on a great job all season long here. Let's go around the league here to close out the show because, all right, the regular season is over, but now the postseason begins for a handful of teams in the NFL. And for the rest of the league, it's all about starting to make changes for the upcoming season. We've already seen some coaches that were let go, some changes on that end here, but let's just try to put our mind around what we saw yesterday. And look, I give a lot of credit to some teams out there, Bart, who had absolutely nothing to play for on the final weekend of the NFL season. <laughs> and they went out there and they dashed dreams Ugh. of some teams out there. And you know what? Let's start early in the day with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Because Indianapolis, who going in, you knew that they hadn't won in Jacksonville since 2014, but you're like, come on. There's no way with the playoffs on the line they're going to lose to that team again. Lo and behold, history repeating itself. I, I, I still can't wrap my mind around what we saw yesterday down in Florida. And you can place the blame squarely on the shoulders of their franchise quarterback, mm. Carson Wentz. I mean, how crazy is it that the Indianapolis Colts are going to give up a first-round draft oh, boy. to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are in the playoffs, for giving up Carson Wentz? I mean, they're going to have three first-round draft picks. This is a team that won, you know, that, that's going to the playoffs, and – they're going to be a tough out. And they have three first-round draft picks to be able to improve their football team and to be able – and the team that went all in. For, I know Phillip Rivers is like, bro, I could have did that. You know, you think about Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, and now they're, 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 they're stuck behind the eight ball because now they have that contract. And, you know, so the reality is, like, man, maybe he isn't what we thought he was if you're Frank Wright trying to recapture that magic. And sometimes we think because something happened before that is going to happen again. And he clearly Philadelphia saw something in him that that said, you know what, it's time for us to move on. Right. Opposed to Frank Wright, who said, no, man, he's great because he remembered what he used to be or what he was before with him. And I mean, you, he couldn't have played the worst game. And I don't understand why Jonathan Taylor only got 15 carries. You know, and and and, the, and their record shows whenever Jonathan Taylor doesn't rush, they don't win hundred yards. They don't win. It's not that he wasn't effective, and at no point it's not like Jacksonville put up twenty points in a half and a quarter or something like that. It was just slow and methodical. It was seven points this half, three points this half, ten points that half, seven. You know, it and and it, it that's a tough loss. That's a tough pill to swallow. You know, we talk about they, they were the most dangerous team. Yep. And now you're saying, okay, well, wow. Do we go forward? Do we do we just do we admit that maybe Carson Wentz isn't what we thought he was? Or do we double down and say he has to be better? That is a tough place to be. Uncertainty, you know, on the fence. That is a tough way to go. I agree with you 100%. And yesterday, like, you know, watching that game unfold, it kind of reminded me of the game that Buffalo played down in Jacksonville early in the season where the Jaguars upset then where Buffalo just kept turning the football over all afternoon to where it was like all they have to do was make one play, just yeah. get one drive sustained, and then maybe it would stop the bleeding the game would turn. Buffalo couldn't do it earlier in the year. Indianapolis couldn't do it yesterday. Fourth and goal. Oh. Fourth and goal I mean, with the best running back in the league. You talk it's about – right there. You talk about the turnovers after the turnovers, just interceptions. Did he throw three picks? I can, re I, I know I remember two in my head. I don't know if it was three. I think there I was mean, a third. 
I mean, that's just like, come on, man. Like, you're not giving us a chance to win, right? And it's not like this was a close game. At no point did you ever feel like, uh-oh, Jacksonville's going to have to show how resilient they are. Here comes Indianapolis with their push. And I just didn't see the sense of urgency with the playoffs on the line, knowing that if you get in, you're just as dangerous as anyone. You know, you've beaten Buffalo. You've beaten the Patriots. You know, you've beaten two of the playoff teams in the playoffs. You know, so it's a tough, it's going to be tough sledding. And listen, that, that is a lonely feeling going in there and, and grabbing your, your garbage bags and, and going saying, I can't believe we got here. How do we get here? And that's a long thing to have to deal with. I mean, and that was that was just the beginning of the fireworks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about, you know, the game, one of the games of the night. I mean, you know, you tip your hat or I tip my hat to, to the Steelers. You know, Huntley, you know, for all the praise that we've given him, he's had some costly mistakes. You know, that was a game that was, you know, reminiscent of some of the first games that I was in. You talk about 13 to 16. That is a throwback. You well, know. The, the thing, too, about that game, like, you know, and, and ties it back to the Colts for a second. Even when the Colts lost, when they walked off that field, they still had a shot to get in the playoffs. They needed a Steelers loss and a Chargers loss. When the Colts game ended, the Steelers were losing that game. So they could at least have a little bit of hope. It's like, all right, we're getting the help from out of town. But as you said, Pittsburgh fights back. They get the field goal there, force an OT, and then they win it in overtime. And then that just set craziness into works for potentially what could have happened, as you said, on Sunday night here. Because I think a lot of the folks knew that if the Colts lost, Chargers Raiders both in the playoffs if they tie that football game. Raiders are up two scores late in the game, and you're thinking, well, this isn't going to be a tie. Chargers come all the way back. And how about that two-minute drive at the end of regulation? It was a two-minute drive that took about a half an hour. Yeah, you're like, lying. It, you know <laughs> like, like At some point, the receiver was like, I can't run anymore, Ross. I can't. I, like, I don't know if the Chargers would have got the ball first in overtime if one of the receivers wouldn't have just collapsed. They would have like, no, nah, I'm not doing that again. I can't, I, I can't do it again. And listen, you talk about questionable calls from Staley. Like Staley, you talk about coming down to the end and what that was all about. Because it was clear to everybody that's ever played football before that the Raiders were saying, "Listen, we're not going to put the loss, the the, the, the we're not going to put the ball at harm's way." Yeah, like yeah, we can kick a field goal, but if we kick a field goal and it's not enough time, if it's too much time, they got their timeouts. We're going to put them on the fifty-yard line or the forty-yard line. All they got to do is get twenty yards with all those big receivers that they have, Mike Williams that came up with a fourth-down plays like every what five times in the drive. You know, and they and so it was a, it was apparent to me that they were playing for the tie. They were saying, okay, well, I don't want to put at risk at this point. We're in the playoffs no matter what. Let's just run a clock. Win-win out. situation. And Absolutely. man, Staley got arrogant. He got arrogant saying, okay, we're going to – so they're saying, oh, they're going to call timeouts and force us to punt, try and block a punt or something like that. Nah, okay, let's just run the ball downhill and let's get a field goal range and run the clock out and kick a field goal. Because they don't even attempt that field goal, I believe, if – um. If it's if they don't know, call timeout, if, yeah, if they don't call timeout because they're going to run the ball, but they're going to let the clock run all the way down. And if you play a little bit better defense and he doesn't get the first down, they like, you know what? We let the clock run out. So not only did he go for it on four, fourth and two from his own seventeen, like this is what I understand. This geek squad stuff is getting analytic stuff is getting crazy. Yeah, at the end of the day, you have to understand not all fourth down. And what and what's the what's the benefit of that? You get the first down, you still got to go eighty yards. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw this from him earlier in the season, a few weeks ago, right against Kansas City yeah, on that Thursday night when he went for it on fourth down five times, and it lost him the game. Yeah. It lost him the game. And now what? you got an entire offseason to think about that, Yeah. right? An entire offseason. And you heard you heard Dean Pease talk about these new age coaches, right? He's saying these guys don't know how to talk to people. He's like, these guys 
haven't gone through the process. They're pretty much getting, you know, being given opportunities, opportunities that guys like Dean Pease, guys like Cully, right? Guys like Robert Sala has to wait 20 years to get. Right. They're getting them in three years of being in the league, and they come in and they think that they got it figured out, and they don't know, understand that this is a people's business. And it's more about HR and how you treat people, how people want to work for you. Because if you lose the ears of your coaches, if you lose the ear, imagine what it was down there with Urban Meyer. He insulted, reportedly, insulted guys that had been in the NFL, had done it at a high level. Like right. he didn't have he didn't have a bunch of scrubs. You know, call them losers. Brian, Brian, Brian Schottenheimer had been around for a long time. He had had success in his league, right? Being in Seattle, being with the Jets. He had had success, right? You look at the guys that he had on the coach staff, but those are guys that come in feeling entitled. They talk about the entitled athlete. How about these entitled coaches that come in that really don't work for their opportunities, that really haven't paid their dues, that haven't sacrificed? You, know, you talk about guys like Jim Caldwell that had to wait decades, guys like Eric the Enemy that still hasn't got the opportunity, you know, guys like Todd Bowles that took forever to get his first opportunity, hoping to get right. his second one, right? And these guys come in, they become some hot shot people, uh, coin them a genius, or they own the coaching staff with somebody else that gets a cut, a, a coaching job, and then they get grabbed. I mean, look at guys, even though Nagy got fired today, look how long it took him to get a head coaching job. Look how long it took Mike Zimmer to get a head coaching job. So, like, these new age coaches are entitled, and they think they know it all. They think they're smarter than everybody. But all well, you see, but the guys that are in the contention for the Super Bowl are the usual suspects. Bart, we're out of time, my man. This is it. This is a wrap on the season here for Inside the Jets. There's a lot of people we got to thank, of course. Matt Sitkoff, Chris Ubbins, Chris Gargano, everybody that helped put the show together week in and week out. I had a blast working with you again. This is our second season doing it together, and I'm looking forward to year number three. But before we get to year number three, you know that there's going to be a lot of news involving the New York Jets all season long. So keep it here, Jets.com all season long, and we're going to have you covered. But you stay safe, my man, and uh, I look forward to next year. Now, likewise, who knows? Maybe we can do something in the offseason. Let's do it, my friend, as always. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching our journey all season long here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY building a better working world. And we'll see you next season, everybody. So long.